0: Welcome to Responding to Life, a podcast hosted by me, Josephine Atlery. Do you ever feel like you could use some guidance when life throws you a curveball? By listening to the narratives in this podcast, you will learn from other people's experiences and responses to challenging situations so you can fast-track the learning curve to get ahead of your own life. Wellness and fertility episode. I am joined by a fellow University of Chicago alum and friend, Dr. Linda Kim, who is the founder and CEO of Love Luck. Linda is a Harvard trained psychiatrist with many years of clinical and leadership experience. She became passionate about how to offer mental health care tailored to address the unique challenges that women need support with finding emotional wellness, taking care of their families, struggling with infertility or perinatal issues engaging their passions, and achieving their professional goals, all at the same time. As a mother of three daughters, she shared many of the same challenges that her patients faced and wanted to share her learnings, both personal and professional, to others via the services offered by her company. Lovelock offers telepsychiatry and virtual therapy for the modern woman and strives to be seamlessly incorporated into her life. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Linda. I've been so excited about having our conversation as I love what you're doing for women within the realm of mental health and wellness, particularly with infertility.
1: Thanks, Joe. I'm so excited to be here and talk with you and everyone today.
0: Yeah, it's been forever. I mentioned in our intro that we knew each other from back in the days of college at University of Chicago. And so why don't we start kind of at the beginning of your journey? You know, right now you created the company Love Luck, but your background is in psychiatry and ultimately you served as the chair and director of a large health organization, spearheading the strategy and operations of all mental health delivery practices there. And it says on your website that it was during your work there that you became passionate passionate about how to offer mental health care tailored to the unique challenges that women face. So I'd love for you to just start with that, talking about the common issues that you found with your female patients and what they needed help with. Sure, absolutely. So like you had mentioned, you
1: know, from Chicago, you know, went to medical school, residency, knew I wanted to become a psychiatrist and started, you know, with my clinical practice, seeing adult patients. Um, you know, I've had thousands of patients over the years and I just started to notice that many of my patients, my female patients, um, really were having struggles and challenging challenges along common themes, right? So it's obviously depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, but also like, Um, you know, family life, professional uh, juggling acts and childcare and pregnancy and infertility. And on a more personal note, um, I am one of three girls. So I have two sisters and I have three daughters and I am surrounded, um, you know, and all my girlfriends and loved ones, obviously, too, just in terms of hearing um, the pain points and the ups and downs of life and how sometimes, when we think of very rigid systems of like it has to be mental health care right pathology and a diagnosis, we actually don't quite capture some of like the the normal you know uh, kind of ups and downs or those struggles that you know the woman you know I worked with um, feel and, and they kind of impact their daily lives and so hearing more about the stories and how sometimes we don't talk about The hormonal issues, the PMS, the PMDD, the waking up multiple times during the night and having a big presentation to give the next day, you know, or finding, you know, good care for your um, aging parent, right? All of those different types of things that just are so intertwined in our busy lives. I really felt compelled to um, start a practice where we could be a lot more thoughtful and um, decisive and proactive about hearing and attending to and just being you know really present and engaged in in those challenges that I, again i've talked with hundreds and thousands of women and this is this is their life this is this is reality in terms of what we face and so that's what brought me to love luck and creating love luck which is a very specialized um uh, unique service that caters to women in all things mental health for women
0: That's amazing. And, you know, I love how you touch upon just that multifaceted existence that we do have as women where, you know, we're juggling so many different balls in the air and Mm -hmm. wearing so many different hats. And it is important to recognize that and address that when you are dealing with, when you're speaking to someone about their mental wellness, their emotional wellness, because it all comes together. You're totally right. And so I saw, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and, you know, to be, um,
1: you know, I to speak to that, you know, I definitely have to say I was living it as well, right? You know, professional woman juggling, you know, having children, trying to, you know, manage all these different um, uh, responsibilities and life pulls and tugs. And so, just to be really true and authentic to the my own pain points that I was seeing, I, I really wanted to uh, maximize how I could offer support and some of my own skill set and expertise to you know the women who are going through the same challenges.
0: right. and so I, w- I saw on your blog uh, on your website, there was a mm-hmm. blog that you wrote on the difference between therapy and coaching and how this difference formed the basis for your new private practice. I'd love for you to share with the audience the difference between therapy and coaching, and how Love Luck stands apart from the crowd by the combination of offerings that you you have. So when we think about therapy,
1: um, a lot of times we work from a setting of uh, pathology. Sometimes, right? We look at what is the diagnosis. We try to, you know, we use the DSM-5 at this point, which is a manual where we look at the symptoms, we identify a diagnosis, and then we think of a treatment plan. Um, You you know, actually, that is, in a sense, that we work from, um, I wouldn't necessarily um, say pathology, but maybe a point of, like, illness sometimes. And we try to really get someone to get to a place of really good functioning, um and sometimes we do look a little bit more backwards facing like what were the circumstances that you know precipitated this diagnosis and we try to get them to you know um folks to a place where they're functioning as best as they can you know sometimes again this is just very very generalized you know split between you know therapy and coaching but sometimes you know and then in coaching what happens is that we don't necessarily have to work from a place of a diagnosis it can really just be in terms of a person wanting to um, maximize you know how well they are functioning or feeling engaging with others maybe it could be like that coaching in terms of you know feeling your physical and emotional best um, and maybe looking more towards um, um, kind of shorter term you know goals of things that you can really be very proactive in 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 taking steps to again maximizing um how you feel from a from a place of, of of wellness perhaps it's interesting because I do find that again those different categories they're they're not so cut and dry you know I mean you know for the patients and people that I work with Many of them are, you know, maybe they have a history of depression, but right now they feel quite well and they're really looking to maximize or maybe prevent future episodes in the future. That doesn't ma- mean that I'm not going to provide some therapy or coaching for one particular person or not. Um, I think right now what we are finding is that there's a lot more mixing going on because people's needs are complex. And so I see that in with Love Luck. I really want to be able to broach the entire spectrum of offerings, right? It doesn't have to be just therapy. It is therapy, but it's also what can I provide you in terms of skills, right? So maybe there's um, a class psychoeducational class where I teach you the basics of the stress and management. It doesn't necessarily have to be couched in a very like kind of um, traditional way of saying it has to be therapy. My goal and vision with Love Luck is really to um, provide a, the whole spectrum of offerings from therapy to coaching to classes and so forth, because I know that that's how people present and they come, you know, it's not just so black and white.
0: I, I love how you offer all those different buckets for for professional women to empower them and, and to sort of address all the various needs that they have. You know, I've done therapy and I've always wanted to do or have a a professional coach Mm -hmm. and, and that mix of the two or having one place where you can go that addresses all those needs just seems so perfect, actually. And actually that kind of
1: leads me to the topic of, of, you know, what I'm finding in infertility, right? So the Mm -hmm. stresses that women go through when they're going through their pregnancy or fertility journey and then to infertility treatments, that stress, I mean, I don't, it's not pathological, right? There's no you know, DSM-5 diagnosis for saying that, okay, well, this is, you know, it might be adjustment. I won't go into this in nuances, but basically what I'm saying is that for that kind of thing, it's a stressful time, right? And so our classic thinking of, okay, well, this is the evidence-based, you know, you know, six week, eight week session of cognitive behavioral treatments for this—it doesn't necessarily fit. Like I, I feel like you know, sometimes we try to fit this one strategy or evidence based treatment um, when it, it, it just is not. It's not going to fit. Like we have to think more creatively about how to meet the needs. You know, for example, it's stress related, but it's also you know nutrition. It's also like the you know all of those different types of things that come together where I think if we adopt a very rigid strategy, we're just not going to be as helpful to someone.
0: Right. Yes. And I I love that we transitioned to this topic, as I do have many listeners who are in the midst of trying to conceive. And the topic of the trauma of trying to conceive, you know, going through infertility treatments over the course of many years really is, can be just so damaging to one's mental psyche, to their, To their emotions and just overall affecting their lives. And, you know, I myself, as my listeners know, went through several years of trying to conceive via IVF and then encountered miscarriages and ultimately having that, that trauma leading into manifesting into an eating disorder many years after I even had children. And I felt as if I didn't really confront all of the issues and trauma that I was dealing with way back when that I just sort of suppressed it. And I didn't have a way to, to really cope with all of those overwhelming emotions. And so I saw on your site that you do have sort of a methodology for infertility and, and other sorts of different programs. I'd love for you to go into that a little bit more, Linda.
1: Sure. So, you know, first off, just to address that in terms of the, the trauma and how damaging it can feel like in the moment, I think the first thing is to just absolutely validate and say yes, you know, to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, you know, when I'm working with a woman, you know, the first thing she says is like, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. I feel like such a failure. I'm so devastated. I'm so heartbroken. Um, just because, you know, she'll say, well, I, I can run, you know, I'm a CEO of a company. I run marathons. You know, it kind of this um, this sense. You know, and I've I've heard women say that they feel like the, the body has failed them in some way. And again, it's just this experience where there's so much hope and dreams and you know expectation that's wrapped in with all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing is just to say yes, yeah, we hear you. You know, and and um, absolutely it can feel, you know, absolutely that way. And so that's the first thing, you know, I think which is so important to do. You know, after that, again, just looking in terms of kind of as a psychiatrist, you know, what I do is the first step after that is, I do try to make sure that I'm not missing anything. Right. And so, you know, again, it's just kind of like my medical training going on. We try not to miss something underlying, like what we call organic issues. Like, is it hypothyroid or, you know, are you anemic? I mean, some of those things, but also, you know, sometimes when people go through such struggles, you know, we have to make sure we're not missing something like depression or, you know, is there an anxiety disorder or PTSD, all of those things. Um, And then, you know, that in addition to then, okay, well, how do we set you up in terms of, you know, your supports, the things that you talk about? Are you doing all of that? Are you taking care of yourself? What is your network like? What's your posse like? How are you doing in terms of the basic fundamentals? Um, And so just transitioning into a little bit in terms of like the 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 goal of the love method for infertility. Again, that stems back to the fact that this is not a psychiatric condition, right? Um, It's, we know how challenging and emotionally, um, what a um, big, significant, intense period of time this is for someone. And so I've really taken bits and pieces of my experience over the past 15 years, working with many different women, working with, you know, like sports psychology methods, working with CBT, DBT, you know, even executive coaching, kind of putting all those pieces together so that I can take almost the best of each, you know, aspect and, and say, okay, what's appropriate for a woman who's going through infertility? You know, I've talked about this a few times and saying that, you know, for something like this, when there's such a A feeling of expectation and almost like this very pressured, you know, sense of it's time limited, you're going to go in for your egg retrieval, you feel like it's this one shot, you know, that there is a sense like you're almost training for an Olympics, right? Like you're this, you know, elite athlete. And so how do we get all of those, you know, the positive psychology, the visualization, the stress reduction, you know, the making sure that you have your social supports, you know, using, you know, kind of some of the biometric tools all of that together to make you feel as well as you can, you know, during this, you know, very intense period of time where um, it can be so emotionally charged. So I've taken a lot of those types of um, thoughts and thinking and really tried to package it in a way that is, you know, one-stop approach for a woman. I've heard too that they come in and they say, well, people just tell me to relax. So Do I find, you know, do I do yoga? Do I do mindfulness? Do I do this? Do I get the acupuncturist? Do I get the nutrition? You know, all of these different things where the the woman then has to go out on her own and look for that. And so we we try, I try as much as possible in kind of the emotional health realm to really bundle it together and put it all
0: in one place. There are so many pieces to that, that you address that I just, you know, I, I love how you take all these different, best practices of these different Mm -hmm. approaches and, and bring them together. You know, your comparison to infertility feeling like you're training for something I, you know, that resonated with me as someone who's trained for many races and Mm -hmm. also that feeling of, of it being so time sensitive and that, that idea, that overwhelming idea of, Your body failing you. I mean, there's just so many components to it, and I love how your approach kind of takes it from from different angles. And oh, go ahead, Linda. Uh,
1: Oh no, just again to yeah, just to add on to that, Joe. It's just that you know I really want to empower women through this process, so it doesn't have to be such a passive approach. Like you feel like all these things are getting done to you but to really make you feel like you are in the driver's seat, like you're proactive. You're the leader of your body and of this process. And so really trying to give you all the supports to put you in that very proactive role.
0: Yes, I actually, I was going to note upon that when I was just uh, catching up on, your, on how you're doing and your company, that was one of the big things that I took away from perusing through your website was this idea of, of knowledge being power and knowing what's going on and then empowering yourself with those skills so that you can can take back control of your situation. Because so many of us going through infertility, that's another common theme of just feeling like you've lost all control of the situation. And especially for women who sounds like with, with your clientele who are, you know, women in business and probably in that realm of their life are just have things in order and have control over their situation to then go into another, into this part of their personal life and, and have that be the complete opposite spectrum. So I love that emphasis on taking charge through empowering them with skills.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I think this, this is one area, especially in the professional network that we rarely talk about. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really trying with love luck to say it's okay to talk about, you know, in the professional workspace, I put posts up, you know, and say, you know, do we talk about infertility? Do we talk about PMS? Do we talk about PMDD and if we don't, why don't we? And, and just kind of making that part of the conversation because, this is something that, you know, 50% of the pop we deal with. Right. And so it's just amazing in terms of the response I've gotten, you know, these messages that I get, like it's, it's so touching to me when someone, you know, halfway across the world and someone, I don't even know, but, you know, kind of found me on the post and just reached out and said, you know, thank you for just um, giving voice to this. Like I felt so alone, you know, and, And so again, that just, it it really feels so fulfilling to be able to at least make it okay to talk about.
0: You're right. It is that feeling of isolation because I think it's tied to that feeling of your body failing you, just failing at this aspect in your life. And so it can be very isolating and lonely. And so I do love that you are contributing to the conversation and making it less taboo and just making it part of an everyday conversation that we can have as women about ourselves. And I think that's a great step in the right direction. Uh, I would love if you could uh, share one tip that our listeners can do in order to respond to life in a more mindful and positive way. So one
1: tip uh, is something that is, you know, talked about uh, a lot in DBT, but I actually will talk about it in a way that I learned from one of my patients. And I wrote a little bit about this, but it was so powerful. Um, And that one tip is just that willingness to observe or hold wonder. And, um, you know, even in the darkest, you know, depths of when you're feeling your worst. And so Uh, you know one classic example and actually I still remember when uh, the way it was described was when, you know, you're, you know, terrible day at work, you know, your boss yells at you, you're 15 minutes late getting out of work, you got to pick up your kid from, you know, daycare. And I don't know about any one of you, but you know, my daycare, they used to have, you know, every minute is like 15 minutes that you're, if you're late after they close, you know, and so like you're sweat, you have sweaty armpits. I'm like, you know, I I know that feeling of, you know, rushing, 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 and just know, and and coming up with like, the I'm so sorry to like, you know, your, your daycare (laughs) provider. And, Um, And so this woman was describing that feeling and there's, there's traffic and there's cars honking and then there's an accident and, you know, it's just, she's, you know, so stressed and it's just everything that could go wrong is going wrong. And yet for some reason, she looked to her left, she just happened to notice this daffodil that was growing in between, you know, the cracks in the sidewalk, you know, again, like, you know, with litter around it, but for some reason, the way that that like, you know, the daffodil looked in the way that the sun was shining on the daffodil, it just gave her pause, you know, and kind of a sense of like wonder and just like this, you know, this gratitude of, of of observing that little bit of beauty, right, when everything was going wrong. And I think that's just that that is so helpful, you know, for me to remember every day, you know, whatever struggles that I have, if, you know, it, that. Things can, you know, surprise me, and I can take joy from that, and I can remember then to practice the gratitude. So, it's just that one piece is just be on the lookout, just be open to to observing those bits of joy or wonder in your life.
0: That's wonderful. I I love that uh, piece of advice. It's something that I often try to impart to my my clients, my meditation and mindfulness clients of tuning in to the present moment. So you are better able to witness moments like mm-hmm. that. And, and then your mention of gratitude actually leads me to my final question of, you know, I always like to shift everyone to a state of positivity. And one wonderful way of doing that is through practicing gratitudes. So I'd love Linda, if you could share one of yours for today.
1: One piece of gratitude today is actually uh, talking about this with you, Joe. You know, I look back and I reflect, and, you know, um, one per more, uh, one other personal reason why I really wanted to focus on mental health issues for women, especially infertility, is because I saw both of my sisters go through infertility. And at that moment, I just have to say, I didn't know enough, you know, to mm. know how emotionally impactful it was. And so I don't feel like I was as supportive as I could have been to my sisters. And now this is an opportunity, right, to really give as much as possible to others who are going through the exact same thing. So I just feel tremendously grateful for that opportunity.
0: I love that you bring that up. And thank you, Linda, for sharing your gratitude, first of all, but that idea of not being able to or not knowing how to support a loved Mm -hmm. one that's going through it, that's a very common question that I get from family members of people who are trying to conceive is that they, they don't know what to say. They don't know how to offer support. And so I think, again, by opening up these conversations and other people listening to it, it gives them some form of guidance and gives them some form of information, at least to understand how women are per- going through this difficult time. So thank you for bringing that up. And, and then to end in the spirit of giving and receiving, I'd love for you to share how we all can support you and connect with Luck. As, as I mentioned, there are many women trying to conceive listening to this show. Sure. Well, you
1: know, it's, um, I really thank you for that, Joe, you know, interestingly enough, as I was building Luck, I really thought I was going to build, you know, a small private practice. And yet. I realized when women contacted me that um, it wasn't the um, easiest, you know, accessible way to really help support women. And so in my next iteration of what Love Luck is going to be like, it's going to be a much more accessible virtual way to get um, seamless care with a team and especially centered and focused on Uh, mental health care for women, right? So women, you know, we have higher levels of depression and anxiety and other psychiatric illnesses. We are going through so many more um, issues such as infertility, PMS, PMDD, all those things that just, um, sometimes ne- necessitate a little bit more of a focus on, like a, a decision to say, okay, yes, I am going to become a specialist, you know, for women's mental health. And so in my next step with Love Life, that's what I'm going to be creating. Um, again, this very seamless approach to, um, you know, therapists, you know, classes, psychiatrists, all in one place so that it's really seamless and easy for, for women to get care.
0: Wonderful. Well, I will be sure to include your contact information in the episode summary so that everyone will know how to reach out to you and learn more about Lock. Thank you so much again, Linda, for joining me today. It's been, it was so wonderful to speak with you.
1: Thank you, Joe. I'm so honored to have been part of your show and uh, really good to share this time with you. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode with Linda Kim of Love Luck. I love Linda's vision for how professional women can empower themselves with knowledge and master the skills to help them maximize their emotional wellness and lives. If you're in need of some support, please go and check out Love Luck Services. Their information will be listed in this episode summary. As a reminder, I offer general fertility and parenting-specific meditation sessions and workshops that you can book on my site, jayatlurie.com. In addition, please check out the free video meditations that I have on the site and receive the latest monthly meditation by signing up for my newsletter. You'll also receive monthly wellness tips and great deals. My next Fertility Mindfulness Workshop is on November 14th. Podcast listeners get 25% off the registration fee using the code podcast. Sign up now on my site. Thank you for listening to Responding to Life, a podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to receive a bi-monthly newsletter with an exclusive and free video meditation, along with wellness tips and deals, please go to www.respondingtolifepodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter by entering your email address in the pop-up box. In there, you'll also learn my seven-step process on how to meditate like a pro so you can stress less and live more joyfully. If you enjoyed the show, I invite you to share it with your friends and leave a rating and review on whatever podcast outlet you use. I look forward to sharing another inspirational story with you real soon.